6.30 to 7.20. Ladies, we got something coming for you too, um, but we're going to kick this off with the guys first, okay? So love to see you there on Wednesday morning. So that being said, we are in the uh, New Testament part of our series, and we're starting to wind down. I mean, we only have a few more weeks of this series called Storyline, and what we've been doing all year is looking at this thread, and hopefully we can kind of see it now, identify it, that runs throughout the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation that points us to Jesus. And, um, and, what we're, what we've, and the reason why we're doing this series is we wanted to raise everyone's spirit, or, or biblical literacy so that we know more about our Father, we know more about God, and we know about more about Jesus and the life that he is calling us to as his followers. And that's why we're doing this series and uh, today we get to the resurrection part of the story. It's really, you know, the great climax of the entire series is today. And so it's really kind of Easter in October. And, you know, if, if this was Easter, um, first of all, we'd all be dressed up. So, you know, great that it's not Easter. Uh, but if it were Easter, I mean, we would, we would start out our service like they did in the third century church, that they would gather right before sunrise at their church, and they would send somebody up on the rooftop. And as soon as the sun came over the horizon, that person would yell down to the congregation, he has risen. And everybody would yell back and reply, he has risen indeed. So let's try that. Let's pretend it's Easter Sunday morning. And really, we don't have to pretend it's Easter Sunday morning. Every Sunday is really the reason why we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So every Sunday is really Easter Sunday morning. So he has risen. risen There we go. Now, where are you eating Easter lunch? That's that's kind of the next question. But no, we're we're talking about the resurrection uh, this morning. And one question that keeps kind of getting brought up at Easter time and, and, you know, it's also brought up in the holidays, and we're approaching the holidays uh, before too long. And maybe it gets brought up time to time uh, over lunch with some coworkers or some friends or at a family function is, who was Jesus? I mean, who really was Jesus? And that's a valid question if there was no resurrection. That's a valid question that we could ask ourselves, and we could sit around and we could talk about all the random events and random teachings of Jesus and all the things he said, and we could come up with our own story about him. But because he did come back from the dead, because there was a resurrection, we really have no choice but to go with what Jesus said about himself. I mean, I mean, think about it for a moment. I mean, if a dead man came back to life, I think he has some pretty important things to say And only one person has done that in all of history. And so um, the resurrection of Jesus puts all the random events of his life and all the random teachings of his life into proper context. But also the resurrection of Jesus takes all the random events of our lives and puts them into proper context and gives us meaning and purpose. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 24 this morning. Um, and there's, there's no points to give you up front. Uh, there's nothing to unpack this morning as we go along. We're just going to read this story. And we're going to pull out some observations because what we get 
in Luke chapter 24 is really what people thought about Jesus before they knew about the resurrection. Because when, when Jesus died, all of his followers, his closest crew, they didn't get together and try to figure out who Jesus was. And the reason why they didn't do that is because they, they thought it was over. We don't find them sitting around saying, well, we know he's dead, but weren't those some helpful things that he said? But we don't find that. I mean, we find his closest crew. We find them huddled together, depressed and discouraged. And they have given up because when Jesus died, the story that they had in their heads didn't make any sense. When Jesus died, all the things that Jesus had said all of a sudden didn't make any sense. They were just a bunch of random teachings and random events. And these guys, they weren't looking for a resurrection because in their minds and in their hearts, and remember, these guys had traveled around with Jesus for the last three years. But in their minds and their hearts, it was over. I mean, think about, let that settle in, that the people who were closest to him, they didn't expect a resurrection. And they thought it was over with. And that's where we find his followers in Luke chapter 24. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Well, well, why did they go to the tomb? I mean, we need to ask scripture questions. That's probably the first question that comes to mind. And the reason why they went to the tomb is because they thought Jesus was what? Dead, okay? This is before they knew about the resurrection. And so they went to the tomb to prepare Jesus's body properly uh, for burial, okay? So it says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, now notice that there's, there's nobody outside the tomb when Jesus comes out of the tomb. Okay, you would think that if Jesus just spent the last three years convincing at least a small crew that he was the Messiah, he was the one that God had promised to send to the people of Israel to redeem them, and he had convinced them that he was the Son of God, you would think that there would be some massive tailgates going on outside the tomb, right? I mean, you'd have the smokers and the, the brisket on, you know, you'd have the lawn chairs you know, set up, you'd have the, you know, the, the radio crank, you'd be jamming out, expecting for the resurrection to take place. Hey, I, we know it's Friday, but guess what? Sunday's coming, right? So, but there's none of that. There, there's no one there when Jesus comes. I mean, could you imagine that? Out rolls the tomb and Jesus walks out and guys, I told you, Give me three days and I'll be back. But there's nobody, there's nobody there, all right? So, and the reason why there's nobody there is because they thought he was dead. So, while they were wondering about this, no, so the stones rolled away, nobody, they're wondering about this. Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the the women bowed down with their faces to the ground but because they were afraid. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? And I'm assuming one of them just kind of raised their hand, 
said, you don't have to raise your hand, sweetheart. He goes, oh, well, the reason why we're here is because we thought he was what? Dead, right? Right? So, so they're all got face down. They're afraid. Question goes up, you know, okay, we thought he was dead. But sweetheart, that was a rhetorical question, okay? Uh, so he is not here. He is risen. Nobody says he is risen indeed, okay? He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? Right. No, not really. We don't remember that part of the story. The son of man, he, he, this is what he said. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Remember that? No, no, not ringing a bell. But remember how he, he said he had to be crucified? Anything? They're like, mm, no. On the third day, he'd be back. He'd rise again. They're like, wrong story, I think. But then, then they remembered his words. You see, they, they didn't remember what Jesus has said because it didn't fit their narrative. Like many of us, we, we, we put God in this box and we think God has to be like this and do this and bail us out and fix this. And, and when that doesn't happen, it doesn't fit our narrative of our little God that we put in our little box because basically a lot of times we just project ourselves on God and God is just like us. But when God d- does something that doesn't fit our narrative, it doesn't make sense. But God is so much bigger than that. And so it doesn't fit their narrative that, that Jesus would die. And Jesus tried to tell them. He goes, listen, guys, there's going to come a time that I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be handed over to the, uh, to the leaders, the religious leaders, and they're going to set me up and have me arrested and, and, and crucify me and kill me. And the, you know, the cyber's like, no, 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 we're not listening, we're not listening, we're not listening. That doesn't make sense. Because they're, in their mind, they're like, man, we've seen enough. We've heard enough. You, you are the Messiah. And they're thinking, okay, if this is the Messiah, he's going to rise up. He's going to kick out the Romans. He's going to make Israel a superpower again. But he'll need some help kind of ruling over Israel. And since we're the closest crew, he'll make us in charge. That was their narrative. That's what they thought. And so when Jesus died, it didn't make any sense. Verse 9, and when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. You see, they're trying to figure out, the disciples are trying to figure out what's their next move here. Because none of this makes sense. And if they took out our leader, what's going to happen to us? Because when Jesus died, all their hope died with Jesus. And so why in the world, I mean, think about this. Why in the world would you believe the words of a man who had you convinced he was the son of God only to go off and die the most inhumane death, right? I mean, Jesus is telling you all this stuff and you, you're convinced he's the son of God. But this happens because now it seems like either Jesus was a big fat liar or he was a lunatic and right now it looks like he was both. And they're trying to figure all this out. Verse 10. And I love the Easter story in October. I mean, it's just such a great reminder. And he says, and it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, 
Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the disciples. But when they did not believe the women, because their words seemed like to them nonsense. In other words, they come busting into the room like, you're never going to believe this. And to Jesus, he's risen. And we went and the stone was rolled away. And they're like, the stone was rolled away? Really? That stone's pretty heavy. How is that stone? Yeah, I don't know. It was rolled away. And then these, then these like, angels appeared to us and they were wearing robes that were like lightning. They're like, yeah, right, whatever. No, no, it's true. And they're like, silly women. Y'all are tired. You're over emotional. It's been a roller coaster a few days. Why don't you just go take a nap? Go lay down. You're not making any sense is kind of what they're saying here. But Peter, however, he got up, ran to the tomb and bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. So, I mean, Peter, he, he, he goes to the tomb. He looks inside, the linens are there. Notice he's not running through the town saying, he's alive, he is risen. He's not doing that. He's wondering what, what is going on here? Because it doesn't make sense because he doesn't know about the resurrection just yet. Verse 13. Now we're on this road to Emmaus. It says, now the same day, two of them, two of the disciples, followers of Jesus, they were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. So they're just going back and forth. They're trying to process. Okay, yeah, but you know, remember when he said this, but then this happened, and how does all this make sense? And he, Jesus asked them, well, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their, their faces downcast. I mean, still, no hope. No excitement. They, they can't piece together the events. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here the last few days? And he's like, man, are, 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 have you been living under a rock? I mean, the whole town is a buzz about Jesus. I mean, Jesus is trending on X, formerly known as Twitter. I mean, are you... Are you seriously the only one who has no idea what's going on here? And Jesus asked, what things? Now, we're about to get a glimpse of what first century people thought about Jesus before the resurrection. Okay, his closest crew, his closest followers. And then they answered about Jesus of Nazareth. And he was, he was a prophet. In, in other words, he, he was more than just a teacher. He was, he was more than just a, a rabbi. He was more than just a, a miracle worker. And the best we can come up with was that he was someone who was sent by God, who spoke for God. And because of the way things have gone down, he, he was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. You see, since, since he died, we've had to redefine and readjust 
our expectations and we've settled in on profit. But there, there was a time before he was arrested, before he died, there was a time that we hoped he was the Messiah. The one that we have been waiting for and waiting for. We hoped he was the son of God. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over and sentenced to, to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hope that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, on the third day, and what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. And the reason why he says that is because back, back in this time to be considered like not just dead, but dead, dead, you know, it, it had to be three days. That, that was the guarantee. That was the, you know, do not pass go. Do not collect $100, you know, $200. It was, there was no coming back from, from this dead, this kind of dead. Because once you had been dead for three days, you were considered dead, dead. And there's no coming back from that. And he said, in addition, some of our women amazed us. And they went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. And Jesus was like, no, Really? I mean, no, nobody. They're like, nobody. And, and they came and they told us uh, about the vision they had seen of angels who said he was alive. And Jesus, I mean, he's probably just egging them on. Really? Angels showed up? Are you kidding me? Angels? You know? And uh, says, and they went to the tomb early this morning. They didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels and said he was alive. And then some of our companions even went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. And Jesus was like, no, no way. No way you did not find him. And they're like, yeah, that's what, that's, that's what the women told us. That, and, but we didn't believe them either. And he said to them, how foolish you are. How, how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus basically launched into his own storyline series. All right. He said, here's your notebook. Take some notes. We're going to start with Abraham. We're going to, you know, talk about Isaac and Jacob and Joseph of the Old Testament, not Joseph, my dad, Joseph of the Old Testament. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Moses. We're going to talk about King David and how he's pointing out all these stories that point to himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he went in to stay with them. And then when he was at the table with them, he took the bread. Now, remember the last time that they were around Jesus, it was they were celebrating Passover at the Last Supper. Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. He began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And that's what happens when we're in God's word. It's like it resonates with our spirit. And they got up and returned once, they returned at once to Jerusalem. And they were found, and they found the eleven and those with them and assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen. And he has appeared to Simon, and then the two. 
And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he, how they recognized Jesus when, they, when he broke the bread. And the resurrection makes all the difference. And as the band comes and just gets us ready to just launch into this next song as a, as a response, see, the resurrection, it puts everything that Jesus said into context, the proper context, because all the things that Jesus said, the resurrection proves that he had the authority to say those things and that he had the authority to forgive sins and that he had the authority from his father in heaven. And, and, and it brings, not only does the resurrection bring context to his life, but it brings meaning and purpose to ours. Because what the resurrection says is that you and I, we have the opportunity through faith in Jesus to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. The, the, The resurrection means that we have a savior who paid our sin debt in full with his blood. The resurrection means that, that, that Jesus has the authority over death and over sickness, and over disease. That the resurrection means that, 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 that one day we don't have to stand before our Father in heaven and plead our own case based on our own goodness and our own performance. But that we can, we can stand there and as, as Tanner pointed us to us last week, the man in the middle of the cross, on the middle cross said, I can come. That we can stand there. We don't have to plead our case because Jesus has pleaded it for us. The resurrection means that we don't have to be fearful of death, even though it's a dreaded and painful transition, but it's not the end. The resurrection means that there will be one day that will come, that there will be no more, no more sin, no more disease, no more sickness, no more death, no more goodbyes. The resurrection means that one day, Jesus, when he says he'll return, the resurrection says, hey, he did it once, he's going to do it again. The resurrection says that one day, he will restore everything as it was meant to be in the first place. And everything that sin has robbed us of will be made right. The resurrection means that you and I can live forever with him. And so we don't have to be afraid of what's next. And the resurrection means that we have this life to leverage our time, our talents, our resources for his kingdom and not ours. That makes a bigger impact for all eternity. That's what the resurrection means. And that's why we come together every Sunday. And it may not be officially Easter Sunday and we may not be all dressed up and have big plans afterwards, but we make no mistake about it. We celebrate Easter every Sunday because the reason why we're here is the resurrection of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for Jesus his 
His life, His death, and His resurrection. And so, Father, let us embrace the resurrection every day. May it be in the power of the resurrection that we find freedom, that we find freedom from sin, freedom from habits, freedom from self. Father, that in the resurrection every day, we would hold on to this living hope that one day all things will be made right. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing.